Good morning, everyone. Thank you for connecting with us today to our special service online or virtual service in the Inland Empire. My name is Nelson Barreto. Together with my wife, we serve in the amazing rancho sector of the Inland Empire Church of Christ. I want to welcome all of you to the service today. Before we begin, please accompany me to a word of prayer. Good morning, Father. Thank you that we can come to you in prayer. Lord, I beg you that you can allow me to communicate your word today. I pray for each and every person that is connected to the service, that your Holy Spirit will work in their hearts, and they will listen to you. They will not listen to your messenger, but they will listen to your heart and your message today. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to listen to you through your word, for Jesus being our example, for your Holy Spirit to guide us. And I pray that you be with us in the name of your Son. Amen. Well, this week, the country began a new journey. We heard truthful words like, without unity, there is no peace, only bitterness and fury. We heard the call for all of us to listen to one another, hear one another, see one another, show respect to one another. We heard the hope we will get through this together. We heard these words this week as a new chapter begins for our country. And I thought how appropriate that as a church we have been talking about this theme together. We have been digging deep and learning how we need to be together. We explored how to be together in faith hope, and truth. Last week, we talked about how to be together in confidence. Well, today, I thought it would be appropriate as we begin this new chapter in the country, in the middle of difficult situations, that we explore the concept of being together in prayer. You know, I ask a question. In the middle of the difficult situations that we're facing as a nation, in our communities, in our society, in our families, the health issues and the difficulties at work, families divided, torn apart, hurting. What can we do? I believe more than ever we need to stand together in prayer. You see, the task of changing a divided world, unifying a nation, our communities, our families, our neighborhood, our relationships could seem impossible, right? And I think in reality it is impossible for us to do this with our own strength. Jesus said in Luke 18, 27, What is impossible with men is possible with God. Matthew quoting Jesus on the same exact situation, writes down, with men, this is impossible. 
but with God, all things are possible. Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. We see this unity. We see pain all around us. We, we see the sick and the lonely, the suffering. What can we do? We need to go to God. I want us to look at Scripture in Second Chronicles chapter 7. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Give you a little bit of the context before we read verse 14. In verse 1 to 10 of Second Chronicles chapter 7, we find King Solomon, the son of King David, celebrating the completion, the consecration of the temple of God. A dream of David that couldn't fulfill. His son had to be the one to build a temple for God. And it was amazing. If you read those verses, you see the fire came from heaven. The glory of the Lord filled the whole temple. They were praising God, saying His love endures forever. They were offering burnt offerings, and fat, and fellowship offerings. I mean, this celebration lasted, at least what I could see, 14 days celebrating <laughs> the completion of the temple to God. People were fired up. They were excited. Solomon static. And then we come to verse 11. When Solomon has finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and had succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayers. I have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. And I imagine what Solomon was waiting to hear from God in the next sentence. Good job, Solomon. You did an amazing work. Congratulations. It is amazing, the temple, how it all came out, the celebration. Congratulations, right? I mean, that's what you would expect. The next lines of this verse is to say, well done. But look what he says in verse 13. When I shut up the heavens so there is, there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people. Wow, what a second. What are you talking about? We just spent 14 days celebrating the, te- the consecration of the temple, finishing everything up. You know how much work it took, all the time it took. What do you mean, God, by shutting up the heavens so there's no rain, command the locusts to devour the land, send a plague among my people? What are you talking about? You know, sometimes we could be celebrating and we can tend to forget. Well, we're celebrating even things for God. We can tend to forget why we are doing what we are doing. A couple of things come to mind. You know, even bad things happen to good people. (laughs) Even God's righteous people can go through difficult times. Even righteous people can go through times where there's no rain. And everything seems, seems to be devoured. Like a plague came among us. Aren't we experiencing that, experiencing that right now? 
Maybe God told this to Solomon because so often when we have success and begin celebrating, we can tend to forget about him who made it all possible. But God is merciful. God has a plan. So he continues on in verse 14. He says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I will heal their land. Now my eyes will be opened and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Wow. You know, when we are faced with challenges and difficult situations, we tend to fix it ourselves, right? I mean, we're so independent, especially in the U.S. We're so independent. We do things our own. I mean, we live in the DIY society and world, right? Do it yourself. Figure it out yourself. Don't ask for help anywhere. And we just go to YouTube, but we can do it. We can fix it. We can fix our problems. We don't need assistance, let alone from God. But this is completely the opposite of God's direction to Solomon and throughout the entire Bible. Just a quick search of the Word will show you how many times God wants you and me to go to Him. If you try to look up the word pray in your Bible, you'll find more than 300 quotes, 300 times or more. that God displays in His Word that He wants us to go to Him. So what can we learn from Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14? Well, first of all, he says, if my people. You know, our reliance and dependence of God is voluntarily. He says, if. It's optional. It's not obligatory. It's not a, a demand. It's not a you have to. It's if you want to. It reminds me of Jesus, right? He, he, he said many times, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to, no one can make you love God. For more times that others want to spend time with us and help us, no one can make us do anything. If, if my people if we want to, it's voluntarily. It's not an obligation. The decision is yours. The decision is mine. If we want to. Then go mention three elements that are completely connected to one another. God says, If my people will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Three elements that I believe go together. You see, 
We're talking about together in prayer. But not just prayer. What is the attitude of our heart when we pray? The Bible says we must be humble and turn from our wicked ways. Yeah, we need to stand together in prayer. But we need to stand together in prayer with humility, with a repentant heart. Because God listens when we stand together in prayer, humbled and repentant. You see, it's not just enough to pray. Some of us come to God in prayer like a tradition. Something we do to mark the checkbox of our religiosity for the day. Oh, I pray today. I pray before the meal. I pray before going to bed. Chick, chick. I pray. How is our prayer life? How do we come together in prayer with the attitude that God desires and that pleases Him? The Bible is pretty evident of what God desires. This is the words of Him coming directly from Him. He says, God desires for us to be humbled. We need to humble ourselves before our Father in heaven. What does this mean? How does that look like? To be humble before God. Well, there are many examples in the Bible. But I wanted to read one of a man praying before God with a humble and repented heart. And this is how we should be as well when we come to God in prayer. Psalm 51, verse 1. This is a prayer of David after he has sinned terribly against others and against God. He says in verse 1, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions. And my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. In verse 10, the psalmist continues, Creating me a pure heart, O God, a renew and steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. In verse 16, he continues, You do not delight in sacrifice, why well, will bring it? You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O oh God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, O oh God, will not despise. Praying with humility, praying with a repentant heart. How does that look like? It looks like we saw it right now in the Psalm of David. 
praying with a repentant and humble heart is asking for forgiveness, for mercy, for compassion to God, before God. It's recognizing the evil that we have done. It's recognizing our sins, our transgressions. That is praying humbly before God. Recognizing what we've done. Even the thoughts we've had, what we've watched or looked at, or the, the motivations we had in our heart over the wrong we've done. Praying with a humble and repentant heart is acknowledging how much we have sinned against God, but also against others. You know, usually the people that we hurt the most are those closest to us. Family, spouse, children, co-workers, students close to us, family members. And we need to be humble. We need to ask for forgiveness. From those around us that we've hurt, but also from God, because ultimately, as we hurt other people, we are hurting God. Ultimately, the one we hurt, as, as the psalm says, is God. You know, when we are rude, when we do wrong to others, we're hurting others around us. We are hurting. God. We need to ask God for forgiveness. And asking Him, as, the, as David did here, create in me a pure heart, O oh God. Asking God for a pure heart. Asking God to blot out our transgressions. To take away our sin. Asking Him for a pure heart. He has the power to do this. We can't do it on our own. And last, we need to come to God with a broken Heart. You know, when I read these words, a broken heart, a contrite heart, I think of sensible heart, a sensitive heart. I don't read that and think of somebody that doesn't feel anything, that never moves them, that nothing moves them, or nothing moves her. You know, I grew up, all of a sudden, some of my friends this week that I grew up, in a culture where men don't cry. Los hombres no lloran. Men don't cry, right? We're machos. We don't cry. That's how I grew up. It's taking a lot of years of work to help my heart be broken, be sensitive, be willing and able to connect with the pain that I have caused other people, God, and the pain that others go through. It's important to come to God with a broken heart, with a repentant heart. Not only feeling sorry for what we've done. You can come to God and confess your sins to God, even to other people. Oh, I'm so sorry I did this, I did that. But not being willing to change not being willing to amend the wrong we've done, that's really not repentance. If we've done evil to others, if we've done evil to God, we've got to repent. And that includes 
not only feeling bad and feeling emotions, but also deciding not to do it again. Deciding to amend and correct the wrong we've done. Man, if I stole money from you, I give it back to you. You know, if I need to ask you for forgiveness, I do. I do anything I need to do to repair the damage I've caused. That is true repentance. And the Bible says that we need to come to God in prayer, but with humility and with a repented heart. Repentance is huge. Without it, we cannot reconcile our relationship with God and with others. And this is hard, I understand. It's difficult. Me, myself, I face, my, I face these situations personally many times. I have to ask forgiveness from my wife or my, my daughters so many times, more than I can count. It is hard to do that. It's hard to, you know, swallow your pride. And ask for forgiveness. It's hard to sit down sometimes and ask, what else have I done that have hurt you? Honey, babes, daughters, friends. What have I done? I need to hear for us to reconcile. That is difficult. But it's what God calls us to do. He wants us to come together in prayer. But how shall we come together in prayer? Come together in prayer with a humble heart and with a repentant heart. It is powerful to do that. You know, the great news when we come together in prayer with this attitude of humility and repentance. Look what the Bible says in verse 15. God says, then, then, after the fact, then... I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Wow. What else could we ever want from God than for Him to listen, to forgive, and to heal? You know, sometimes I think we can have the notion that God doesn't want to hear. That God is not there for us. That He doesn't want to heal us and comfort us. That's completely wrong. That's, that's nowhere in the Bible. If you ever have thought that or have those notions... That is a lie from Satan because the Bible says, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. You know, God is willing. God is ready. God is able. In fact, in verse 15, also says, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive. To the prayers offered in this place. God says, wow, my eyes are open. You know, God's eyes are open. He sees everything. He sees you. He sees me. His ears are attentive, the Bible says. 
Attentive to our prayers. Attentive when we want to come together. So if God is ready, if God is able, if God is willing to listen, to heal, to forgive, then the question is, are you and I ready? Are we ready? Are we willing? Do we want to? If it's voluntarily, do we want to come together in prayer, brothers and sisters, friend and neighbor? Are we willing to come together in prayer, humbling ourselves, repenting of our sins, leaving behind the evil deeds and the wickedness in our lives? Are we willing? Are we able? Are we ready? You see, friend, neighbor, family member that you're visiting with us today, or even you, my friend, that might be studying the Bible right now. Are you ready? You know, God is listening. God is ready to listen to you. God is ready to forgive your sins. God is ready. What is ready for you? The question is, are you willing? Are you willing to go to Him and pray and be humble and ask for forgiveness? I challenge each and every one of you that are connecting here, friend, family member, go to God in prayer. Find someone to pray together with and go to God in prayer, humble, asking Him for forgiveness, recognizing your mistakes that you've made. We're all made mistakes. We're all a mess. We're all a disaster. Recognizing your mistakes and being willing to put a stop to the wrong and the sin that we commit against God and others. And if you're studying the Bible, I call you from, from God. I want to call you to, to go to Him in prayer. Find someone that can pray with you and come together in prayer with a humble heart, asking for forgiveness, ready to repent, leaving your evil deeds behind you. And make a decision today. To draw closer to God. And brothers and sisters, the call is the same for us. The call is the same for you. The call is the same for us collectively of the body of Christ. Especially now in this difficult, tumultuous times that we live. In this era of challenges, divisions, health issues, more than ever, we need to come together in prayer. Amen? We need to stand together. Yeah, we need to stand together in faith, hope, and love. We need to stand together in confidence. But more than ever, the church, our community, our family, the country needs you and me to come together in prayer. Like so many of our brothers and sisters have done throughout the scriptures, 
through all the book of Acts. And I'm reminded of one scripture in Acts 1.14. The Bible says they all joined together constantly in prayer. Along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. You know, Acts 1.14, this is the beginning of the book of Acts, the beginning of the church. How did the church begin? How did the body of Christ begin? It began with a few brothers and sisters together in prayer. They came together. And instead of figuring out plans and what they're going to do and how the future and laying out, organizing how the church is going to be, the first thing they did to begin the, the family of God was to come together in prayer. Wow. That's how the church for the first century started. That's how the family of God began, together in prayer. So I hope that we remember today that God is always willing to listen. When we stand together in prayer, humble and repentant. You know, in a moment, we're going to take communion to remember Jesus. And there are many things we can remember about Jesus. But certainly, one of them is prayer. Jesus lived a life of prayer. It's all throughout the scriptures how much he devoted himself to praying. He taught the importance of prayer many times. But more importantly, in the last hours of his life, when he was most crucial, we find him going to prayer. But how? Well, in Gethsemane, Jesus went to pray together with his best friends. Even at the last hour, even before giving his life for you and me, he thought about praying together with his disciples, with his best friends. So I pray that today we can take communion grateful for our Lord and His example, but also grateful for God that is always willing to listen if we come together in prayer, humble and repentant. So please, let's bow our heads and pray for communion today. Dear Father in Heaven, thank You so very much for Your Word. Thank You for Your voice. Thank You for Your heart. Thank You that despite our selfish, prideful hearts, despite our arrogance, despite our wickedness, despite our sin, despite how much we've hurt you, have hurt others, you are still willing to listen. You are still willing to forgive. You are still willing to heal. And Lord, we pray, Father, right now as we pray together for communion, Father, we pray that this communion will be blessed by you. Father, forgive our sins, Lord. We are broken people. Father, we're desperate. We have sinned so much against you and against others. 
forgive us for the time that we have wronged. Even the closest to us, Father. Forgive us for hurting you so many times. Even after knowing you, even after knowing what Jesus has done for us, we have sinned and we continue to sin. And we ask for your forgiveness, your mercy, your compassion. Blot out our transgressions, Father. Father, please, we beg you to heal our land, to heal our hearts, to heal our nation. Listen to us today, Lord. And allow us to take this communion with gratitude. Thank you, Father, for your Son, for his sacrifice on the cross, for giving up of himself so we can have a relationship with you. We love you, Dad. It's in the name of your Son that we pray. Amen.